Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is the world as it is today. Hey, everybody. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of The World As It Is Today. This is episode 21. 21. Can drink now. Legally. <laughs> Our podcast is 21 weeks old. Oh, wait. Yeah. So there's a hole in that. But we have guests today. Emmanuel Kingman and Mimi. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, really developing a great friendship with these people. Uh Emmanuel's been over on Deborah Gets Red Pilled, or rather, Into the Apocalypse. He hasn't been there with Deborah a couple times now. We've been on his show, uh, Adam and I have, and, that, and that's the Godcast. Yes. The goodness, good, o- goodness Over Darkness. Right, I like the name. Goodness Over Darkness. And uh, they, Mimi's often on the show with him, mm-hmm. most of the time now, I think. And she is a grandma at, like, in her early forties. Yeah. So that was a really cool perspective. And I was glad we got to ask questions about how that feels because mm-hmm. it sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. They, they have a, a an awesome family dynamic. That's uh, not, not traditional, but it fits in with what we're calling traditional yeah. family. It's as, not the nuclear family. <laughs> yeah. It's not the nuclear family, but it's, you know, I mean, the key to what we call the traditional family is, uh, is it's people who love each other. It's not a blood relation thing nearly as much. And the way they've got their things going over there, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. Kids and grandkids already and plenty of energy still. It's, it's exciting stuff. And they both just have a really positive way of looking at things. Um, also get to talk about their, they're in the Food Forest Abundance Program, the mm-hmm. Jim Gale thing. And they just had all of their permaculture stuff ins- installed in their property. So that was awesome to talk about too. Yep. And yeah, just hit on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. So without further ado, enjoy this episode 21 and uh, we'll see you next time. Hi, here we are with Emmanuel Kingman and <laughs> Mimi. That's right. And that's the Goodness Over Darkness podcast, right? Yes, yep. it is. All right. Or, or Godcast. I like Godcast, it. Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. It, it took me a while to notice that Goodness Over Darkness <laughs> equals God. Equal God. G-O-D. It was kind of a little ways in that I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's even more clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. actually when I first did it, I had the G-O-D all capitalized. But then it kind of looked a little silly and people didn't get it right away. So I was like, now it looks <laughs> even more silly if you don't get it. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And when, yeah. did you, when did you start the podcast? Uh, so we started last uh, April was what, 2021, mm-hmm. April 2021. Yeah, I started it and uh, I started going as a guest on other people's shows in like uh, March, I guess. And from there it's grown and it's changed me in numerous ways and mimi has really uh she's opened up she's become this blossomed flower joining the show you can totally see like the evolution of both of us through from yeah. start to finish yeah that's yeah. really great that's uh that's something someone pointed out to me that they they haven't yet but they're they're thinking about doing a, a podcast similar to what lanny and i are doing they're, they're a couple 
And they said, yeah, we want to do it if for no other reason. So we have a time capsule of ourselves throughout time and look at ourselves evolve. Yeah. And we can look back on this and, you know, whatever, whatever time frame. And I hadn't thought of that at all, but it wasn't too long after that, that for, for one reason or another, I went back and listened to one of the, one of our world as it is today's, that was one of our first ones. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really neat. I mean, it's not even that long ago. It was only like 15 weeks ago or something, but it was like, oh yeah, this is what was happening right then, (laughs) you know? And it's, uh, it's cool. It's like these timestamps that we're giving ourselves when we're, when we're podcasting. Yeah. Well, and it's so cringe. The first ones I go back and listen to myself. (laughs) It's like, uh, and sometimes you're like, I think I need to go back and delete that one episode. I did. (laughs) I I don't, there's only one episode that I took down ever. Uh, so I've Mm -hmm. a couple on YouTube. I've put only on my uh, Patreon, but, uh, one audio podcast I've deleted because it sounded, it was, uh, it was me that I was just like, not, I shouldn't have been doing it. Uh, things that I said came off very, uh, not the way that I wanted them to. So I only took one down and it was actually a bonus episode. So we have what, 10 <laughs> bonus episodes together. And that's what we used to do in the beginning is if I didn't have, yeah, he would force me to go on with yes, him. Yes, I would force her. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and look at me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so. <laughs> So it was one of our bonus episodes where I just went off on a tangent about something. And then I was like, yeah, I can't, I don't want that going off. So I, I took that I down, but down so I can see which one that was. <laughs> well, well, yeah. You'll never we'll be able to find, find it, it on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> find it on the computer. That's it. I definitely had that awkward feeling the first time I did a podcast because I was on uh, with Adam and Emily when they're their short-lived podcast um uh, de- chicken tenders and they were going to talk about homesteading stuff and they had me on to talk about food preservation and everyone said i did such a great job but when i listened to it i was like oh i could tell i was so nervous <laughs> i was mm-hmm. super nervous but i'd love to else talk about probably that couldn't tell. that was <laughs> great i think we get into some of that yeah yeah well you guys are uh doing the food forest abundance now right yeah it's awesome uh well mimi is uh really taking the horns on this one Become the plant mother yeah Yeah. so you guys had a bunch of stuff installed i saw some i think instagram Um, posts yeah tons of fruit trees tons of bushes that you know to make tea and berries and things like that tons of vegetables you know i'm just keeping them alive right now and hoping for fruit and hoping for veggies i picked a couple peppers i saw a couple beans so far so i'm like it's exciting me nothing's nothing's really kicked the bucket yet so we got some good. blueberries that are on oh yeah we study. have some blueberries they're just yeah. not like, they're not big enough to pick that's off awesome. yet, Dude, that's amazing so you're, you're already getting return on this like uh, yes uh, yes uh, I've got garlic shooting up i've got oh awesome you know, i ate a pepper yesterday I can on my burger see yeah. that like yeah. squash and cucumber they're all coming they're coming along just great it's just i just want to see the vegetable let me see it yeah, it takes a lot of time, patience. I know. And are you guys already having to water there because you're somewhere hot, right? We are. So I get up, you know, before the sun comes up or like right when the sun comes up. Sometimes I'm a little late. But I get out there and I water everything. And um, I was doing that every single day, but then I started to do it every other day. And I and I noticed that when I skip a day, I almost see like a growth spurt in that dry 
spot for some yeah. reason. So I'm like, all right, this must be the right way to do well, it. Because there's a lot yeah. of wood mulch. That's what they really do. They bring dirt, uh, not only compost dirt, and dirt, yeah, yeah. Compo- or yeah. compost and, and mulch. Yeah. So yeah. not only the the compost, but the mulch. So the mulch really holds that moisture. So it does. so mm-hmm. well, she was soaking everything. Not that it was wrong or anything, but she was really getting it good. So you that the moisture to, the was beginning to get the roots. Right. Yeah. So the moisture was holding. So it was probably is a little bit better that she's not doing it every day but now that it's getting to be like 90 degrees every day uh it's, it's starting hot. to rain yeah but it rains a lot as well because of the humidity hangs around and then it'll pour and uh-huh. then you'll come out in the morning and you're like oh it poured last night i don't have to do it today yeah it's oh, nice off. it's my day off if it rains <laughs> so yeah. it's a rain tonight i know we have a storm coming but as long as it's just like a rain and not something that's going to knock them all out or something yeah yeah, that's, that's really exciting. And that's great that there's a, that I, I mean, these, the, the food forest abundance guys, Justin, and, and um, I'm sure all of his crew really know what they're doing. Like having something to keep that moisture in, that's, that's a good, important step. We, we keep straw on top of some of our stuff, not everything. Around um, our berry bushes when most, and a lot of times when it, we first transplant something, when something's new, yeah. it just needs a little extra care. We need to water it a little bit more. We have Typically we have plenty of rain around here. So yeah. like watering stuff is, and, and we're, we're like on top of our wells, not very deep. We're, we've got water not too deep underneath us. Oh, so okay. uh, things tend to, I, I think that we could probably get away with not watering at all in, at least in the area where our gardens are, except that we started doing raised beds um, and now that kind of drains down and it doesn't, it doesn't stay quite as moist um, but the stuff that is in the ground, like that tends to, tends to do pretty good, especially if we spread some straw around so that it's not getting direct sun onto it to, to make it evaporate back out. Right. But, yeah. There's a, a lot of hype doing above ground, you know, like growing in the bags. Now they have those, you know, bags. Mm-hmm. I, I got a couple in the yard. I'm trying watermelon in like big 25 gallon bags, cool. um, just to see how it works. And then there's like grow towers are becoming a thing like aeroponic yeah. grow towers. So you can grow inside, you can grow outside depending on, you know, where they want to try and get us at, you know, we can bring everything in. Yeah. And her oldest daughter for Mother's Day got her a little greenhouse. Yeah. So oh, have, awesome. Yeah. That's where my little grapefruit seeds sprout. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So we and you can be doing greenhouse. stuff in the winter too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great. But no cow yet. It. No cow yet. No, no cow yet. <laughs> we'll get there one day. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think some of my favorite of your guys' conversations was you guys talking about <laughs> the cow. About the cow. <laughs> yeah. Now it's There's... just easy. You just get it's, it's grass. It's no big deal. I mentioned to him, I said, did you know, well, you know, like when you come into our neighborhood, there's this like blinking light, you know, like a blinking caution light. And that's how everybody knows like where you live. You're like, oh, make a left at the blinky light. So at the blinking light, there's there's a guy with a cow and I'm like, did you know there's a cow up there? Like yeah, you should yeah. go up there and, and, you know, foster a cow first and see how <laughs> yeah. that goes. Well, she was at one of her uh, paint party things and she sends me a picture of this little calf. And I was like, well, I asked the woman, you know, how much she wants. That for was her. a little petting <laughs> zoo. <laughs> they were selling like everything. They had little, little chicks and they had little bunnies and turtles. And yeah, a lot of people goats. do do a, a lot of different uh, farm type animals our neighbor has a little pig there's everyone has chickens around here I mean, you're not uh, supposed to but they all do yeah but what yes. she saw, what she saw 
the person with the kale she was like i haven't seen a kale i was like yeah but still no one's got one back here you know that's all the way at the blinking light well you know what i thought was interesting within your conversation not specifically what what you were saying but it made me you know think about the fact that like like you're totally right that having a cow is a simple concept that has been around for you know concept uh, it's 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 been around forever but uh, but it's a concept anymore because there's like difficulties that we deal with like with with regulations and things like that and you know neighbors yeah. and you know like we're we we don't have anyone that would like sterilization uh, really have a problem with us just like having a cow here but like um, you know, we do have, we do have neighbors who, who, when we talk about getting cattle, they're like, oh yeah, if you need help talking to the County to get your plan for manure management down, talk to me, I, I know how to work around things. And it's like, right. Because we're supposed to talk to the County before yeah. we have anything that's producing manure on our property and things like that start making it difficult. And also, you know, fencing and stuff like that. Like, uh, once upon a time, if you know raising a cow as 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 a concept was just it's something that you keep around you uh now if i have a cow and it gets out of my fence that could be a big deal um mm -hmm. you know it starts getting into other people's property and they have problems with it or it, it you know it might just be scary to some people uh yeah. you know they that it's i mean like a like we had a bull get onto our property oh that was a while ago now yeah the end of summer it was like just yeah that was last gore. year it was like september some bull september. shows up yeah and i was like oh there's a cow walking down the road and i was like no that's a bull it's just like huge balls <laughs> swinging and i was like be careful out there and and then i went out and looked for it i couldn't find it anywhere i was like are you sure are you sure you saw it? but no i i uh, a neighbor pulled up they said was that yours you know i was like no i i'm i'm looking for it i i heard it was around and then I came back and there it was just, just munching away on our pear tree. And oh, uh, I was like, Oh, cool. Well, let's see. Um, I don't know whose this is, uh, but I got some fenced area. Why don't I just try and move this guy in towards there? So I went and opened the gate and got behind him and just kind of walked and he liked the direction we were going and he went. And then once I did track down the neighbor who'd lost it, it actually turned out it wasn't even theirs. It was a rental bull that they just bought to to inseminate their their uh, their cows. Oh and wow! So he was he was like really grateful that I'd found it, and he's like, "So where 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 is it? We need to we need to get this." And I was like, "Oh, I got him in the in the fence here," and he's just like, "What? You move you moved the bull, you know?" And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just kind of walked behind him and he like I had a little and he, red thing, you know. And, and like, he was just <laughs> like, he was just like, awesome, man. I uh, most people would never do that. I mean, these things are intimidating, and uh, you know, I was like, yeah, but you know, I don't know. I was just, I was calm. He was calm, cool like whisper. nothing, nothing was, nothing I was, was wrong. Really proud. But then <laughs> watching from the window, all scared. <laughs> guy, like I said, it was actually rented, but then the guy that I'm talking to was the hired help for the guy who had rented it. And oh before you know it, there's like five people over here on my property trying to get this bull out of here. And they have a four wheeler 
and they've got <laughs> oh. ropes and they've got beats and this thing freaked out yeah. and it got scary as shit. <laughs> like oh, it started imagine. being like, like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to, I mean, we might, he's probably just going to have to charge through my fence to get out of here because he was not, oh, no. he was not digging anything. I almost feel like if that, if I'd figured out where it went and just opened that gate again, been like, Hey buddy, Come on. If I just kept that same, Follow me. Yeah. yeah. Like let's, let's go over this way. It all would have been fine. They but he started like, let me get your leash. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They started trying to do this thing with uh, a rope, two guys holding a rope, one on a four wheeler, one not, and then coming behind him and trying to like scare him with scare this him. rope mm-hmm. to like go in the right direction. Well, meanwhile, another guy sitting there with beats, throwing them out, trying to get him to eat. It's like, <laughs> let's scare him and get him and to eat him at the same and, time. you know, do all this. And then we, Eventually, we ended up having to call the owners of the bowl because this thing was just it wasn't doing anything that we wanted it to do. And so the owners came and they they brought a trailer into my field and they it was just this man and his daughter and um, the two of them managed to get it, get it calmed down and then over and then into the trailer and yeah, get it across the street. But wow. that's man, what I was what gonna a, ask. Were they was the bull uh comfortable with the owners where it was like calm and did whatever uh, it was it supposed to do? It seemed to recognize the trailer when he pulled up, like he knew he was gonna get food when he went in the trailer. Uh, he yeah, he knew he wasn't gonna it. get scared yeah. and, and, and and they had all this junk food. <laughs> it was like uh Aww. tortillas and <laughs> uh tortilla chips. Gross. And uh um there were some there were some vegetables too. Huh. But there the this guy, he's kind of like a he was probably like 65 pretty fat and the the daughter was doing most of the movement for all of this and he was just on the trailer he's like throwing these chips out like every other handful was on the ground and then some in his mouth yeah it was uh it was kind of a fun fun i don't know two hours or whatever that took yeah, took place it was over. it was four hours <laughs> sounds uh, eventful four, though yeah because yeah, someone was watch. hanging out yeah mm-hmm. yeah not if it's on your property though and they're tearing up everything at the four-wheeler oh, and the yeah. trailer and yeah, everything was pretty everything was pretty good, but they did he did finish off all the low-hanging pears, so we didn't get can any more yeah, pears. The, the pears that. being gone was probably the worst part, but yeah. we had already we still yeah. have pears on the shelf, so we did good stockpiling last year. I, I'm yeah. glad it fed something that's we're gonna have to come out to useful. the homestead, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Well, yeah, say well, my idea of having a kale is uh we're you know, your show is <laughs> uh, into the apocalypse, right? I'm I'm talking about like we're like right on the border and it's like, okay, time to get an animal. We're getting a kale and yeah, no one's going to stop us. I don't really care what anyone else around here has to say. They're not the boss of me. So I, I think that, uh, kale. So is it uh, simple enough having a kale? Like you just let them eat grass and they're just like, they hang out, right? They don't do too much. Yeah. Tell them tell pretty them much. It. It's well. So like, uh, we had uh, beef steer, at our last place Mm -hmm. and yeah they they'll test the fences if there's not enough grass if it gets dry there in the summer and the grass dries up then they need hay supplemented uh, or grain but it's not as healthy to feed them that's not their natural diet Mm -hmm. Uh, in the winter time they need grain if the grass isn't growing and you need to move them off the pasture usually because they are so heavy they'll compact the soil and and just mash up anything that's left of the grass if it's rainy, it'll be turned into a mud puddle and then there's manure and, and runoff and stuff that you don't want. So usually farmers are supposed to put them on like a slab of some kind, cement slab or in a barn and they eat hay during the winter here because it's so rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like if you want a milk cow, 
you need a bull at some point because you need that lady to have the baby to make the milk. Mm. And then she feeds the calf for a while. And then you can start sharing with the calf until the calf weans itself. And then you can continue as long as you milk once or twice a day. I'm not sure how much. Yeah, it, is, it depends on the on the breed. From my understanding, I am no expert on this. We haven't done dairy. We're, we are cows. not to be turned to for genuine advice. <laughs> you can just hear us kind of working this out. Uh, but my understanding is depending on the breed and like the breed that we'd be looking at if we do dairy. Um, it's like you have to stay on it by milking twice a day, every day. Um, otherwise, if if you don't do it often enough, they'll start dealing with like compacted uh, glands. Like a mastitis, just like a a woman would get. Yeah. Yep. Just like that. And, and then as well, they can't, they either, from my understanding, it's like, it's gotta be full on or, or full off. So if, if we can't just be like, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll milk our cow every other day and they'll produce the right amount for that it's it's you got to do it all the time or else they're going to go through a phase of difficulty until their until their supply dries up well now sheep are also they also graze they're also ruminants and they also um produce milk and then they're smaller so they don't eat as much food um they're not as intimidating uh they are not as hard on fences and then sheep and goats, you can you can share milking with their babies. So during that time that they have, if they have a baby and their their baby is still nursing, if you nurse too, you'll build their milk supply so there's enough for both of you. And then you there can you skip some Steer of the time. The sheep. Good job. Yeah. So you can <laughs> you can you can miss uh, milking as long as the baby is is nursing. Too. Right. Yeah. That's that's what sounds most appealing to me. Um, it's kind of this, a shared, a shared situation. If you, if you can try and keep yourself so that you have a calf and a cow that's, that's feeding that calf, then, you know, yeah, then you can just milk it whenever, whenever you can, whenever Whenever you need milk. Yeah. yeah, Like, and then you don't, the, the calf is going to be keeping the production moving and and Mm -hmm. proper. So, so then you're just kind of, Hey, can I squeeze in here for a sec? And you, you mm-hmm. get what you need and then let, let nature continue as it is. Sheep's milk's really nutritious too. And you can make really good cheeses like feta cheese and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sheep's milk, yeah. uh, pecorino, um, same with goat. Uh, some people don't like the taste of goat's, goat's milk, but most people like goat cheese, you know, mm-hmm. that's okay. me. I, yeah. I don't, I, the milk is a little too much for me, but I, there's some good goat cheeses to me. And it kind of depends on what the animal's eating for any of those things too. Right. It tastes right. better if it's better grass. So yeah, I there's a really lot think of sheep. And that was good option. Yeah. And you know what we're dealing with right now for cattle, the reason that we haven't gotten there yet is um, uh, the, the property that we're on, it's family property, but it had been rented out for a very long time, particularly the fields. They were rented out for 30 or 25, 35 years, something like that. And it was pretty much monocropped as just corn that entire time. And they sprayed it multiple times a year over and over and over again. So it is not, even though it looks like a pasture right now, I mean, it's a pasture, uh, but the root system for any grass that had, that's out there is new. It's essentially new and it is not very deep. Uh, if you go out to, to your yard and you have grass out there, typically if you go down and go to pull some up, it'll just tear, you know, it's like real hard. If you take too big a handful, it's like, you gotta give it a big jerk to be able to right. get it out. And you'll pull uh, up a whole bunch of dirt with it. 
And well, and then that's what it is out in our fields now is you just go down, you pick up any amount and it just pulls all the roots just easy as can be like And butter. that's just from over and over again, that really deep tilling. Yeah. Deep, yeah. deep tillage, lots of chemicals, just, just killing and killing and killing. Um, you know, this is longtime family property. I was kind of excited at one point before we really got our, our teeth in and before we even lived out here. And I was reading about grassroots systems and how they can go down as far as 20 feet. And wow. sometimes those are become ancient. They're like ancient grass root systems that have been there for, for sometimes hundreds of years. And I was going, oh man, maybe we'll have grass that was my great grandfather's same grass that he was, you know, feeding his cattle and stuff. But now that stuff is long, long, long gone. And we do on different parts of the property where we're going to have our meat birds. So yeah, now that's yeah. possible because that, that stuff didn't get sprayed over and over again. That's interesting. I that. was going to say, do you think that the spray kind of pushed them down further? These roots just get pushed and pushed and pushed. Like you said, like, well, I eventually up. have old grass come up eventually. Well, I would imagine they've decomposed. Yeah, like, everything's composted. They've all composted yeah. way down there. It's just not there yeah. anymore. Um, you know, thir 30 years of it just being killed off on the top, even if it went down 20 feet, like that stuff is hasn't seen the light of day. It hasn't grown. You know, it's 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 probably long, long gone by now. Yeah, we had a, a farm. Oh, uh -huh. go ahead. Oh, we yeah. had a farm farmer came out to see if he wanted to rent the pasture from us. And he did that test and was like explaining the root system to us and um, said he, he knows that the cows would just like make that bald because they don't bite and yeah. they tear, they, they, they like tear, they like pull it up. They're so flat, flat teeth that just rip it. Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. chop it off at all. So it would pull everything up by the roots. Rip. They would eat it all and then it wouldn't grow back. So then by the end of summer, you would. Yeah. Have any he basically said something to the effect of like, yeah, I could I could throw some cattle on here and it would do great because they would eat all of this. But by the time I pull them back off, you're going to have a mud pit, which mm -hmm. you'll be starting over from from zero, which we're a couple of years in now of just mulching the grass that's been growing and trying to rejuvenate this. Let 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 nature get back to what it's doing and let this let this stuff actually take root and, and do its thing. So how long you went? You said a couple of years now, two, three years. We're pushing three years. Is that we right? Three years this month. Yep. Um, Memorial okay. Day weekend. We've been in this space. So, and the mm -hmm. first year we were in, they had already planted the corn. So it's just, this is just the second year of rest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Three years of the, of the total uh, homestead journey and um, two years with those specific fields that we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Cause that first year, the, the contract was still in place. The, the guy had it for one more year. He was, happy that we that we tore up the contract because he's getting old he was just like yeah yeah i was just wondering how long you guys are gonna let me do this you know kind of a thing um but uh yeah the the crap that he grew that year it was this corn i was i was just being as optimistic as i could you know and um when they when they tilled it up and i went out there and there were no worms no bugs no nothing it's just this mm. barren sterile brown dirt and not even brown it's almost like a gray it then, then they put in these, like the compost you see then they put in these neon pink seeds just bright neon pink because they're monsanto uh you know trademark copywritten like i don't know coated with something they're that, coated yeah, that makes them pink yeah. oh. chemicals and, and then and then the corn came up and I was like, well, let's go, let's go pick some. I mean, there's a ton of it. They're not going to notice a, a few cobs missing or whatever. And, uh, 
me and my son went out and I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. We're going to eat it right off the stock. You know, this is going to be awesome. This is what I did all the time when I was a kid. And we pulled, we, we husked these things and uh, it's like, he couldn't even eat it. It was just mealy, disgusting, inedible corn corn because it's feed corn that they're going to, they grind up the whole thing, the stock and everything as one thing. And they turn it into cattle feed. And it's like, we even tried feeding it. Of course, it to of course you would feed it to what we're eating. Eat of stuff. course. Yeah. They're not supposed to eat that either. The cows aren't. Yeah. So it was a little bit hands-on first, first grade experience of uh, just what this whole, uh, you know, industrial farming kind of stuff is. And it, it was disgusting, like all the way through from the, from the bugless, wormless soil to the, to the disgusting corn, to the fact that they just grind it up and give it, give it as feed to, to they probably put it in dog food. They probably put it in everything. Yeah. It's so hard uh, to recognize like w- when we get uh, consumed with w- something distracted in this world with something that isn't to take care of yourself. And it's so easy to, I mean, life is just full of distractions when we don't really get a grasp on those things. It's so easy to just, not have it on top of mind and let then them just, go. Yeah. yeah. And, and just let it, and you let yourself go in one area or another. It's just so easy because everything is messed with this whole entire world. Everything is just designed to keep us down and ill and dumb. And it, it's not a conspiracy. And anytime you ask anybody, it doesn't matter how blue pilled someone is. Uh, someone is in, at something, whether it be farming, uh, you know, the food, how unhealthy it all is, uh, whatever. Government, school, you could talk health care, yeah. you name it. You, yeah. you name the subject yeah. and someone will agree on at least one of them. They're like, yeah, that, that I can't believe that. Well, you know, just expand your thinking then. It's not just that one section. It's everything. And yeah. Everything is controlled by and ran by a few select people who own everything. And, you know, they own people who own people who own people. So it's works its way from the top. And it's not that hard to imagine that there's this grand conspiracy to keep us dumb, sick and uh, and enslaved. It's just not. You just have to really look into everything. It encompasses every bit of our reality. It's a uh, stinking bit. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, if you, if you look at that with just that, that corn story, I just had, you know, the bright pink uh, seeds I now know uh, is a, is a, is a sign that it's Monsanto, Monsanto, mm-hmm. right? So this, so these were Monsanto seeds, every piece of equipment that ever came in and out of there was John Deere, not, not just the, the tractors, but every, every piece of equipment that they pulled and all of that. Well, John Deere and Monsanto are are one company. They're they're really? they're two companies, but they're but that's you know parent company kind of stuff. They're it's all one thing. And then this farmer, oh, who, he's writing that down. No. He was he was pushing he was pushing eighty. He's getting old, right? He's been doing this forever. He didn't care about any of this at all. He was just fulfilling orders. It was kind of like if if I can get this much this many more acres of corn then, you know, it'll fulfill this, this contract or whatever. Like that was, that's not that way that guy grew up. 
You know, right. he 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 grew up as a farmer with a father with who was a farmer, and you know, probably knew probably was much closer to a homestead. And his father, in his early time, I'm I mean, I'm just making this up, but I I, I would imagine he was a genuine homesteader, like you know, diverse, uh, growing lots of things, right. feeding lots of different animals, moving animals around pigs that were that were everywhere tilling up the soil with their hooves and you know all that kind of stuff but you get you know this guy's heyday was probably like in the 70s as industrialized farming took over and as he took the farm away from his to over for his father he would have just been like all right what is what do we do now like what what is the practical way to farm in 1970 and he would turn to these giant companies that would be yeah, more than it. happy to fund and make, right. I mean, he, I'm sure he did pretty well. He probably didn't do bad. It's not that poor old farmer uh, stereotype that we think of who, who worked so hard to scrape together a living. I mean, oh. this guy had huge equipment. When you've even heard of like farmer subsidies and that's when they pay you to grow that disgusting feed corn. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's even a surplus. There's more than can be used and it's just destroyed. But the government pays you to grow more and more corn or more and more soy. And that takes the place of other crops or meat that could be you know, grown on that same. It could be a pasture and we could have grass-fed beef. But instead we have feedlot beef and crappy corn so we can feed it to that. Does yeah. that make any sense? No. Yeah. No, oh, oh, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense that that's what they do. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? It makes right. sense because it fits their model just perfectly yeah. of wasting things and, and making things sick. And yeah. it's bad. And like the, they get enticed with money and anyone can fall for it. It's like, oh, you can use this machinery. You can have more. And it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to do more? And then you just like fall into a niche of, okay, so now I just make feed for cattle instead of growing corn that is healthy that anyone could eat uh, but mm -hmm. now it's like this specific thing that can can only be used for this specific thing and and we have to industrialize it because now everything is really bad so we have to keep engineering things so that it can be used and it just it's so far perverted because it's been just a little bit each year you know okay well now this year you know the first year it's natural then the next year it's okay we have to add in this and you have to add in this and then 30 40 years down the line now it's john deere and monsanto that's so far away from what nature had intended yeah and, it, and, and as we know nature is perfect in itself and if you work with that everything's a little bit easier well again it really says something that like we we keep the cattle over here so that we can grow the in a muddy area where they, where they destroy the land under them so that we can mm -hmm. save this area so that we can grow corn to feed them. When in reality, both places want to grow grass that the cattle want to eat. And if we split that, that packed herd up into two sections and had them on the place where we're growing the corn and the place where that is, we wouldn't be planting anything. It would be a sustainable system. And not to mention you take the manure from the cattle in the feedlot and you you, you know, change that into a liquid manure that you spray on the field. But mm -hmm. if you just had those cows grazing that field, they poop right where they, they spread the manure for you. Yeah. And uh, they return that important that, those that's like nutrients a, to the soil with that. That's a big industry in our, in our County is 
these the cattle lots, they they scrape and take all that manure and they liquefy it, and then they sell that to the people who are growing the corn, so that they can spray the manure around, you know. And again, like in nature, the cattle just want the grass that wants to be growing there that they're working so hard to kill with with uh, with chemicals and deep tills, so that so that they can then spray manure on it to make it fertile enough to make that that coated bright pink seed grow just so they can be able to feed the cattle over on a different lot. It's, it's so backwards. It's, it's just, it's just insane. money to them. Yeah. It's, just it's money. money laundering to a degree. More money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's compartmentalizing everything. Like that's right. the, the whole thing about the food forest abundance, their motto uh, essentially is a uh, sustainable, permaculture uh, model yeah it's that mm-hmm. everything can sustain itself they're going to grow it in a way that is beneficial to or you know they're going to make the blueprint so where it's beneficial to the plants themselves and it's going to be beneficial to you and they're going to be able to be self-sustaining you know once you get it going they're going to just grow naturally because that's what things want to do so if you mm-hmm. have the right foundational structures in place then it'll just grow and all you have to do, you know, you have to watch it for a time. You have to take care of it. Uh, maybe not just for a time, but, but for a while. Once it gets its footing, the object of yeah, the game here is for yeah. it to, you know, take care of itself. It's like, well, you know, walking into the woods and being able to pick mushrooms or, or pick right. flowers that you can make tea out of that just grow. They just yeah. grow. <laughs> yeah. The, the forest sustains itself just fine. You know, right. the untouched forest, it absolutely so does it. fine. <laughs> And what you guys are doing, what 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 Justin is setting people up with, Jim. like uh, I mean, Jim, Jim. is mm-hmm. uh, is doing to to set people up with, uh, like you say, it could take some some care for for a period of time, mm-hmm. but once it reaches a point, you probably couldn't stop it. I mean, it would take yeah. someone coming in with John Deere equipment to stop it. They would have to they'd have to take it out um, right. because it would be you know. Like right now, uh, like I'm obsessing over our our little tiny fig tree that we we put in last year. I'm really, really, really hoping that it'll it'll really take off this year. And, um, but even then, it's like that thing is going to take a lot of care for a period of time. But I've seen the same the same variety growing around here, and it's like, oh, this thing wants to grow here. I I know it does. Um, but if we can if we can get it to it made it through its first winter so and it's still alive right now so now i'll just keep keep caring for it and i mean we're talking this thing's little like yeah that's just, about the size of our little fig tree it's like uh-huh. you know oh yeah yeah so yeah. you know now and and i i don't know i just have i just i i sit i kind of meditate on it and i and i and i imagine my sons you know being able to get get fruit off of this in the future and that it's going to reach a point um like my friend, my friend, Scotty was like, he's like, I was talking about it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you'll do that for now. But eventually you wouldn't be able to kill that thing unless you had a chainsaw, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's so true. It's like, like I'm, I'm putting all this time and energy into it now, but it's, if assuming that things go well, it's going to be unstoppable. We have a pear tree mm-hmm. here uh, that was planted by my son's play under it. And it was planted by their great, great, great grandfather. This wow. thing is massive and amazing. Uh, he never lived here. Uh, my great grandfather is the one who built this place. And when he did, it was kind of like a wedding present 
that he came and, and planted some trees for an orchard. And the one that's still here is, is a massive pear tree that's that awesome. um, it's, you know, I don't think that thing's ever going away. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's what I think about when we have, I think like 10 trees now, something like that, like orange tree, fig tree, so many lemons, different lemons. Plums, yeah. All kinds of things. So many different things. And I'm like 20 years from now, these trees are going to be producing so much fruit. Uh, we have a bunch of blueberry bushes. We have elderberry. We have all these different berries. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to go very far to find food in our yard. And it's going to be abundant. And we're going to be able to trade in. I say 20 years. You know, Some of these things may be producing stuff in, like in five years to so where we mm-hmm. can trade it. And maybe not enough to live off of or anything like that. But it's going to definitely be uh it's a long-term goal and it's definitely worth the uh trouble now to to have that like you said with that pear tree that your great grand or great great grandfather uh planted for you guys and the fruit it's still producing you know however many years later like that's the type of stuff that uh we're looking forward to and and we really want to solidify all that we have and just we're trying to grow you know god put us together it brought us to this space and time so that we have all these understandings that we have you know all these conspiracy theories that we get into the world that as it is today and everything that's going on it's not coincidence it's not mistake and he said you know he supplied us with the money when we weren't sure how we were going to be able to pay for it all of a sudden we get our, our tax returns right and that same week is when they come out and okay now we have the money and let's you know it, it just always lines up that way it's yeah. not coincidence it's god taking us step by step and saying build if you build it they will come you know build yeah. your forest um, yeah have you, you, oh go ahead have you guys put much thought into food preservation and how you could try to eat that same food that you grow throughout the year I do want to get into canning. I just have to uh, get there first. I have to get things to can first. (laughs) Sure. And then I want to uh, do like a canning test run. Yeah, Mamie will definitely want to be joining your Zoom classes. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I've had some people ask me about doing a canning one, so I'll probably work on that. But really where I, I recommend people start is fermentation. So if you like dill pickles or sauerkraut or kimchi, all those are fermented vegetables, right? And if you take fresh vegetables and submerge them under a brine, then you can make them last over a year. So Mm. it's not only that there's some, some magic that happens when you're fermenting and it increases certain nutrients. So for instance, a cup of raw cabbage has, I think it's 30 grams of vitamin C, which is not very remarkable, but a, a cup of sauerkraut that's naturally fermented has uh, 700 milligrams of vitamin C. So if you're looking for a way to have nutrients that are hard to come by in the winter time, sauerkraut's one of the best things you could. And I love kimchi too. Vitamin C. Yeah, that's a lot. And, and but I need to know last. how to make kimchi. Yeah. It lasts and it's not, you know, like we we keep a lot of it chilled because we have modern conveniences, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've messed with it a little bit. Like there's like the way I think that it would work. This is all just theoretical because we're not, um, 
you know, we're not living in the apocalypse. We're not, um, we're, we're living with modern conveniences. So we, so therefore we do. Um, but I think the idea would be like, if, <laughs> if you had, if you grew cabbage and you made, uh, you know, X number of jars of, of, of sauerkraut and you keep those in a, in a cool dry place, like a, a root cellar kind of place, it's going to change a lot more there than it will in our refrigerator. That, that stuff is still exactly the same or close to exactly the same a year later from our refrigerator. But over a year, it kind of breaks down. It'll start out as really crunchy, like ideal sauerkraut as far as we're concerned. But by the end of that year, it's going to be kind of soft and squishy and on its way out. And, um, you know, like I, I almost wonder, I, I don't have any backing for this, but I just, I, I wonder if there's, there's something even to, the way that our bodies react to those different stages of the sauerkraut or whatever mm. fermented thing that you're, you're looking at, that it's, uh, it's, it's better for us when it's soft, when it's cold and in the winter, than in the summer when it's fresh and it's still, and it's still crunchy, you know, it just, it just kind of seems like, and it would also be, it would, if in time, so you're living off the grid entirely for, for a period of time, you develop like a, uh, uh, I don't know how to put it. I want to say nostalgia, but it would be more in the moment than nostalgia of looking back, but it'd be like, Oh, it feels like winter because we're eating. It's, it's getting the sauerkraut's getting softer. So spring must be coming, mm. you know, kind of a thing. Right. Like it, your, your food would be how you preserve your, your clock. Food. Yeah. yeah. It would be part of your whole clock system. Well, that's so many traditions that we, we know of today of, you know, Thanksgiving Turkey and what you eat at Christmas time. If you really look backwards from that, there's, right. there's, there's the traditions are there because that's the feast that we had when we're using what we needed to use up. Yeah. Right? Thanksgiving right. feast is your harvest feast and your, your winter feast, your, your, your Christmas feast is going to be reflecting what's, Sorry. what's been preserved for a few months. Um, your Easter feast is going to be what you've been preserving for a long time because you're, because it's just getting, I mean, depending on your climate, but and, like yeah, for us, we're not, you, we're not having food that we're growing yet at that time. Young spring greens. I'm going to make sure we use more nettle or more nettle and uh, dandelion greens for, for spring stuff. Next yeah. Year. Yeah. But that see, that's like the little bit that's starting to come in. Yeah. You know, for the most part, we're not, we're not at a preservation point at, at, at Easter time, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I think there's these ways that our, our bodies and minds would adapt to these things if we actually lived that way, but we're just so far from that. We're so far from that. It's uh, we live, we live in a, in a matrix of sort. So it's just oh, little yeah. by little, whatever you can take back and make yours again, you know, take away from the system. So that's why we're trying to grow food and we have chickens for our eggs and, you know, trying to fix stuff ourselves before we call somebody else, or maybe, you know, me having the baby at home instead of at the hospital, like just whatever we can do to just take, take that back. Take a little piece back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I wonder for us, you know, Georgia's not really much of a, a cellar basement uh, state. Yeah. So I wonder for us, you know, it's too hot to kind of put it in the garage. I, I guess we'd have to put it in this room behind the behind the fancy curtain here. Sometimes <laughs> people would, you know, dig, just dig a hole, you know, and that's kind of like a root cellar type system. You could dig a mm. hole and put some kind of container in there that you could put stuff in. I don't cover. know how, how well, because uh, we 
everything would flood everything around here. That's why they don't oh, have right. cellars is the mm-hmm. flooding when it rains. Yeah, we're like right by the water. Right yeah, by the it's hot and wet. That's yeah. a, that's a, so I, well, I you were... would think hot and wet really, but I have yeah. a really clay like soil in certain spots. In very, my yard. Sandy. Like very sandy. Um, I can grow like really good broccoli in it. Cause broccoli like sandy soil, but um, everything else needs good better dirt yeah and yeah. we yeah. they don't grow or they don't uh build going up either because of the high winds as well and because you have the the land space so like our home it's a like a, a ranch one, style yeah, yeah it's a one floor home but i mean we have what four bedrooms very large bedrooms we have mm-hmm. a very large living room very large dining room very large kitchen garage we porch. have a small kitchen to me i could oh, use, yeah we, i could have a whole house that's like a kitchen bigger, and so. i would not be satisfied <laughs> but i mean we have, <laughs> our rooms here are larger we both come from the philly area separate times but our rooms here are larger were just as large as they were up there but up there you would have to have two three four floors in order to have the same amount of rooms Mm -hmm. because they weren't built as wide because you don't have the land space for it because Mm -hmm. there's it's more populated so down here the building yeah they don't go down and they don't go up they go on the land so it's uh, and there is certain reasons for it, I guess. But yeah, the basements around, especially where we are, it's, I don't know that we would be able to dig a hole. It would mm-hmm. probably fill up right. We would probably There's, release water. I don't know anyone right here with a cellar anywhere. Uh, some of the homes <laughs> are even on stilts because they're, you know, close so to the water. water. Yeah. It'd be interesting if line. you looked into the history of your area and how people um, preserved food. That's what I was just going to get at. I don't know how easy that would be, whether you have uh, people that you could talk to. Or the if library. there would be books mm-hmm. of some sort that would we have a, give you clues as to what people did 100 or 150 years ago in that area. Because I'm yeah. sure people were there farming and, you know, storing food. Somehow. We have we have historical libraries uh, right down the road here. So you just gave Mimi some homework to work on this week. Cool. Yeah, I like to like talk to the old folks at the, you know, coffee shops, you know, and I'm just BSing and. When I was sitting at the ear doctor the other day, I was just talking to a guy about all kinds of plants. And he's like me. It's like we're not green thumbs, but we did learn something about a certain plant that we can pass on to somebody else. So he was teaching me like little things that he learned while Mm -hmm. I'm teaching him little things that I've learned so far. So it was, you know, it's interesting just to talk to other people that have the experience in you know, they went through the experience of trying to grow this or trying mm-hmm. to grow that in this area. Well, and that's the greatest so. part of life is of seeing the reflections of yourself come talk to you. And they're like, oh, no, nah, I've already been there. Don't do that, sister. Yeah, you try gotta, this. You got to do this. that. So, yeah. you know, that's it's greatly interesting how consciousness is always at work trying to mm-hmm. teach you how to become better. But until you know that's what's happening, then it's it's very miserable to be here. And it was interesting earlier you said uh, we're living in the this matrix system, which we really are. And Jesus's mother's name, Mary, actually means matrix. And his grandmother's name was Anna, which actually means heaven. So and doesn't matrix doesn't that get um, uh, in uh, uh, has to do with the with the womb somehow? Yeah, um, I don't know that one. What uh, um, 
Jeez, I'm on my own on that one. <laughs> uh, there, there is something I, I've heard that before that it has something to do with the womb. That because like a matron and uh, oh, okay. matriarch okay. and yeah, um, uh, yeah, like gosh, it seems someone said it once and it really clicked with me, and now it's now it's not coming to me. But yeah, it was it was the idea that the the Mary matrix and and womb were all kind of one one concept and even like womanhood altogether. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And then his grandmother is Anna and Anna means heaven, you know, Anunnaki, they're the ones who come from heaven. And also uh, Native Americans have something to the same effect, but Anna or Anna is heaven. So heaven produced the earth, earth produced Christ. You know, it's, it's interesting how it all unfolds. Everything in our language is magic. And once you really break it down, like we were talking a little bit the other night, Chud X, uh, about uh, the word magic. And I, I really like getting into the word magic and how it's all right in front of us. Like with Anton LaVey, if you put the LaVey in front of Anton, it's Leviathan. And Leviathan wow. is Satan. And Leviathan. Yeah. yeah, I just listened to that today, guys. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> this morning. Yeah, yes, uh, little things. Speaking of, you know, grandmas, I hear that you, which is shocking looking at you, that you're a grandmother. Is that right? The best grandma to the best (laughs) grandbaby. Sweetest, most fun thing. And I I like what you said about, you know, looking back on your old videos, like a time capsule, because we've had the baby like on camera a few times when I was babysitting, you know, he was really good. So I'm going to always have that time capsule video to show him when he gets bigger, you know? So I love that. Yeah. I love that we have him on like video for, you know, certain things. She had her oldest, the one that got her the greenhouse when she was very young. Actually, she was the same age that my daughter's mother was when we had uh, my daughter. So it's very interesting how it worked out that way that that we linked up and and they share that in common. Uh, But yeah, she, she's a grandma. Wait, say that again. I did what? (laughs) You were the same age uh-huh. as Maya's mother was when Maya was born. Ah, so young, like high school, right? Yes. With your first wow, I was a senior in all girls Catholic high school. So you can imagine how fun that was to be wow. a pregnant girl. <laughs> one oh. of one of there was like a small handful of us that you know really special class. Was it one of those uh, pregnancy packs that I've heard about? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Good. No, it's a coincidence. Well, my just da- as you know, one of those surprises. And, and my daughter's mother was a junior in a Catholic girls' high school, and really all girls. Uh, no, it was. I yeah. think it was boys, but it's Catholic. Uh, I think classes are still separated. That they still go to school together, but I think it's just uh, classes maybe separated. Oh, geez. Know. Catholics. Yeah. So there was so many different coincidences there. They were both the same age, 17. I was 19 when my uh, daughter was born. Maya. 16. You know, if MTV had a show back then, boy, oh boy. It came out. (laughs) It came out. You can be living pretty. When my daughter was born and uh, me and her mom were like, oh, we should have been on there. Like, thank God we weren't. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's so horrible. I know. And those people's lives are ruined, too. Oh, yeah. Something that we've uh, explored a bit on our podcast uh, is is that we just as a general statement, I you know I don't know how how much I believe this 
like deeply, but I, in general, I think that we should all be breeding a bit younger, like more, more like, more like that. Like, um, maybe so not many, 16, but you know, 20, not, not 30, not waiting till you're 30 to decide if you're going to get married. And well, so I many people say. don't even begin to think about it till they're 30 and maybe wait till they're closer to 40 or 40 to begin just to begin the family life, mm. you know? And like, we, we waited pretty, pretty long. Um, I was 29 when our first son was 29. Born. Yeah. Okay. Well, I turned, yeah, I turned 30 just like a couple months after. And we've, 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 you know, kind of dealt, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not that big a deal, but like our parents are all quite elderly now as they all waited as well. So, so we're dealing with grandparents who are all in their seventies. Every one of them are my, my dad. I think my dad's 69. Your dad's the youngest of them yeah, all. But everybody uh, else is in their seventies. And he's also the least able to take care of a kid anyway. <laughs> he's, but, <wild. laughs> he's a race car driving madman. Uh, but um, no, he's awesome. He, uh, but like, you know, like I have, like my sister, she, she had kids much younger and my parents were very involved with, with her boys as they were uh, growing up, but they were much younger than, and now as like, we've had kids, you know, they're not, um, they're not as spry as they used to be. They're not, um, it's more of a burden to have their grandkids over as far as like, you know, when they're little and they're running everywhere, them having to stand up over and over again is like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this yeah, is difficult. We, we have never had anybody else watch our toddler who yep. we have a year and a half. He just turned 18 months. Yeah. Not, okay. not once is, has anyone period uh, watched him. And, and that's largely because of, um, you know, the, the people who would normally would be the grandparents, but our grandparents just, just a little, you can't little lift old. him, can't use the stairs. So we've always like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if we were all, you know, 10, 15 years younger so that we could, you know, have different is one system. thing I do enjoy is that I, you know, my youngest is almost 18 and I'm like, and I'm just becoming a grandma, but I'm able to take him overnight. I'm able to, you know, get up and down with him and run around when he's, when he's going to be running around, I'm going to be able to chase him right. for a little and bit. Her, and I her love daughter's it. 25 now. So right. uh, she's not, you know, not too young, not uh, too right. old. I'm also uh, glad they didn't do what I did and have babies at 16 and right. they wait, you know, they're yeah. waiting and pushing right. and she, it out some. And she, uh, she's very well off with her job and she's also in school to further get mm-hmm. something better and, and they're taken care of in many different ways in that fashion so like while i wish i would have been in a better position now reflecting having a child young mm-hmm. there is a lot to what you're saying of being active with your kids being able to be very active i'm in the prime of my life right now i'm only 32 and um i coach softball for my daughter so i'm coaching some girls were uh, 16 17 so i'm not too much older than they are uh so i can keep up with them so they actually really enjoy someone who can who isn't like too old or out of shape like but that's the whole thing is you have to keep yourself in good condition by taking care mm-hmm. of yourself by making mm-hmm. sure that you are staying young, keeping yourself young. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy in this world where you think that, uh, well, not that you think that, but when you live life to uh, that work is just eating away at you. And then when you mm-hmm. get home from work, you have to drink some beer, you have to smoke some weed, 
or, or whatever your thing is. You have or at to least just that. lay down and not do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I was getting to on the weekends that you don't want to do anything. You don't want to be bothered. But when you change your mindset about all the stuff you have to do, that's all you really need is the mindset change because I am continually doing stuff and it's, it's nonstop, but I don't mind it. I'm not ang- uh, anxious that I have all these different things going on that I have to go from this to this to this. I, I just am in the moment doing my thing and then I go to the next thing and then yeah. I go to the next thing and I never stop moving, but I'm never anticipating that I'm going to stop moving. So therefore my expectations aren't holding me back and I'm just, you know, okay, well it's now it's softball. Now it's work. Now it's podcasting. Now it's doing laundry. Now it's doing dishes. Now I have to go cut the grass and you know, I, I can fill out all that stuff in one day and I am enjoying my day because I'm able to do things that God created me to do. And it's not, I'm not looking to be served sitting on a couch and uh, to watch Netflix and kill brain cells. I'm looking to do things that are productive for myself and my community. And that's when you change your mindset, you stay younger, longer. And then like when you're 50, you feel like you're only 30. And maybe that's how things were in biblical times. Cause when you said younger right away, I, I was, I'm in the middle of reading Genesis for my morning read. And everybody is like, they have their first child at like 84 <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Abraham and uh, Sarah, they were 99 and 90. No way. And it's when they had their first child and it's like, it's like in dog that years they were living like obviously things must have been way different if they're living that long but uh to be able to change your mindset to extend how old you are i mean i could probably if i kept living life the way that i am i could probably have a child at 50 and still be somewhat active at uh like by the time that they graduate high school you know 18 years old being almost 70 or whatever i hope to be still active enough and not someone who's just uh is brittle and can't move or anything you know i I really focus on staying active but not being overly uh like when i started working out and i got really into that i was maybe doing it too much that would have been a burden to my body but i built a good foundation and now i use that foundation and i I, i'm no Mm -hmm. longer trying to have the perfect body but i am also still able to take care of myself and know how I'm supposed to feel when I'm doing certain things. So that's how I think I have a good foundation to be able to last a a long time. I want that longevity. That's what it's all about is being able to do things uh, consistently and do them without being a burden to others or burdened on yourself. Like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like, like you were saying with it being about mindsets and things like that too, that's an important part with my, my, uh, what some people might think is almost a dangerous statement of that people should be having kids younger and younger. Um, because like, if I, if I think, um, that I should have had my first child when I was 20, um, that might be a bad assessment because I was really irresponsible when I was 20. Right. But, but, at the same time, I, I wasn't really, I mean, I was a drunk. I was, I, I had an alcoholism problem and, uh, you know, I, uh, I had, I had some problems, 
But within that, I was kind of responsible. I was responsible enough to recognize that I wasn't responsible enough to have a kid, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of kept myself out of that trouble in air quotes there um, of that, uh, that I wouldn't have, as it was, I didn't want to put myself in that position. So I, so I avoided that position. Now, if I had been handed a baby that was mine when I was 20, again, I was, a, I was an alcoholic and had some problems, but I was also responsible in my own way. And I think that probably would have made me kick the booze earlier. I think it would have, um, I think I would have become a much more responsible person because that's, that's me. And that's the way I would have, I mean, there's, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been a bad dad, no matter what time in my life that would have, would have, would have come in. I, mm -hmm. I believe, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's hard to, hard to say exactly what, how that would have gone down, but that's just the way I kind of assess well, it. it. It makes a lot of people jump into being a little more responsible, you know? Yeah. Like, not everybody. For sure. People For still sure. have to go through stuff sometimes. I was, yeah. thrown into like you're an adult now yeah. you're a mom you have to do these things that you never thought you'd be doing so soon you you don't get to you know go to senior week and you don't get to go to college in the way that uh, other people would go to college like you have, you can't go stay in a dorm you can't you can't go do yeah, these certain things gets, you have to all you the know, issues get magnified alter your teenage years and like me i was uh, an addict uh for a little bit it wasn't necessarily full-blown addiction but i was into changing my state of consciousness getting high getting drunk but once i had my child i stopped for a period of time but then i got way worse and it was actually during her life is when i went to prison and i i was a severe drug addict and things magnified uh, and it was having a child just made it that much worse because I have this living person, but I was responsible in that I had a job. I had a career. I was a truck driver. I was working for Pepsi, uh, you know, I was making good money. I was doing the things I was supposed to, but I wasn't ever emotionally. I never grew up uh, in an emotional way. So yeah. I didn't know how to handle my emotions. So I ran to my addiction and it magnified it and it just, it got worse and worse, but I mean, I'm glad to be where I am today. And a lot of the ills that happened between uh, my daughter and myself and uh, also her with her mother, a lot of it has been resolved. There's obviously things that will never be or not never, but will be resolved in their own time as she becomes an adult. She's only 12, about to be 13, but uh, there's a lot of things that she's resolved and we've resolved together, changed our relationship. And, and she's now, uh, she's awake to this world in a major way. We definitely don't hold back at all about any of this stuff. And I love that you guys uh, do that with your son as well, that you let them know what's going on. You let them think for yourself. You provide him with the theories of both sides of, or I'm saying both sides, you know, different All points sides. of view yeah, yeah. You're, you're providing different points of view mm -hmm. and allowing him to make his own choice and that's what we really do over here too with ours uh, and we only we have a 17 year old and 12 year old in the house but that's what we're focus is to have them come to these conclusions just provide them with evidence and a new uh, way of thinking that maybe they're not hearing wherever they're hearing whatever yeah. they're hearing 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that um, uh, with the with the the mindset aspect that I was talking about for for younger people having kids, it's more than one individual. Like your your need to. Um, I can't remember how you phrased it, but you're running away from responsibility by, by diving deeper into to addiction. Uh, when I say mindset, I don't also just, I don't mean just individuals, but like, um, like a collective mindset, or maybe a better word would be to say the cultural mindset of, um, of like, I, something I see, and I don't know if this was the case with you, but something I've seen, uh, in, in real life with people I've known is when they've had kids young shortly after they feel that they've been robbed of their um not childhood but uh, young adulthood um they saw they saw me and my friends who didn't have kids getting wasted until till four in the morning every night and they were like man this sucks i i was stupid enough to have a kid uh which is <laughs> i think i think that's the most beautiful thing anyone can do i didn't necessarily then but you know just like saying those words is 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 insane to me now mm-hmm. um so then you know i i had i had friends i was close with people who were um screwing over their their kids uh because they were hanging out with me and they were and they were going down the path that i was on and i think that that it's it's like the entire culture gives us that it's the me 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 kind of a thing uh not me me but uh <laughs> no, I that's gotcha. all about her <laughs> uh, but gotcha. it's uh but it's all about it's all about wanting to have uh instant gratification for ourselves and if we look around and we see other people having gratification in ways that we don't think we're getting we want it even more and what's I think this wouldn't be nearly as big of a problem and maybe I'm totally full of it, but I don't think it would be nearly as much of a problem if we didn't ingrain into so many people's minds that having a family is not fun, not fulfilling, that it's, it's, it's a waste of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all these things that, that what we're doing with the world as it is today, you know, we're trying to really promote the idea that like, total satisfaction in life can come from you and your loved ones and living and being awake and, and experiencing the world and making a home together and, and making a home together. Uh, and if I don't think very many people who are 20 right now have that view at all, they have no, literally I mean, the think opposite. Of every movie and a TV show that you can think of. It's just getting married is the old ball and chain and getting tied mm-hmm. down and having, having your life stopped and women are either, you know, abused by being kept and locked away in their gilded cage in their home to just right. go shopping and drive the kids in their minivan to soccer practice, or they're out rushing around trying to have a career and not able to fulfill all the other duties because laundry's still piling up and there's still dishes and, and it's still expected of them. Yeah. They and, think it's just work and that's all it is. But what Chad X well, was describing was, and that is eternal life is that it is that is what life is all about is having a family and doing those things you're gonna say something Mimi? i was just gonna say i've experienced a piece of all of that like i you know my upbringing was you know i was in a home where they were building a family and you know holidays were wonderful and family came together and you know blah 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 so when i had my kids it was like i had an expectation that I had to uh, 
fulfill. But then when you get into your 20s, your 30s, after having a baby at, at 16 or 17 and 20, by the time I was in my 30s, that's when pe- that's when most people would say they don't know who they are because that whole uh, young adulthood you were talking about that was gone, you know, didn't exist for them. So they really did lose themselves to what they were trying to build and what they were trying to raise and what they were trying to do. They did lose a part of themselves in focusing on that instead of focusing on, you know, themselves, like somebody without kids would be able to do, you it's know, this yeah. whole party culture or, or uh, like what's happening right now with, uh, I don't, we don't even need to get into the topic itself, but the uh, abortion uh, argument and now people who are claiming uh, that uh, the, those who are for abortion want to keep that style of life of sleeping around with people open. And it's this whole thing of just wanting to be uh, the satisfaction of wanting to extend life, your own life, as you were just saying, the me, 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 extending it to what can I get into? How can I please myself? What pleasures, what drugs can I do? What parties can I go to? Where can I go with my career? What can I do? All these external things. Uh, who can I sleep with? You know, how many and, and whatever. Instead of just being okay with doing the, the things that we are to do in life. Because it's always is like this carrot on the stick of, you're going to be able to stop doing things at some point. People are going to serve. You're going to retire and have nothing to do. And you have to build a career. But before that, you want to make sure you party it up because you don't want to you don't want to live life. That's boring. That's dumb. It's stupid. You don't want to be those people locked down. But it's like this imbalance of I'm going to be served and things I'm going to have to stop working eventually. And it goes back to the mindset. If you think that and that now I need to party as much as I can, because in this in-between space, I'm going to hate life. So I need to party as much as I can so that I can uh, experience and fulfill myself in that way. And you don't realize that that in-between space is the most fulfilling space that there is and that you're never going to have to not work. You're always going to have to do something. That's that's your whole life. That spot that that you're waiting to get past and you know everyone's known someone like that at work who's just like oh it sucks because it's tuesday and then finally it's friday afternoon and it's almost five o'clock and then they can go enjoy themselves for the weekend and so really five five out of seven days you're gonna hate your life and just be waiting to then enjoy yourself on the other two days and what do you bet that person goes home and complains that they have to cut the yard and complains that they have to be with their kids and go to a soccer game they they get drunk and they forget half the weekend you know and they're asked on saturday how's your day and they say one day closer to monday Yes, there's so, so many. You're <laughs> you know, already dreading that Monday. next moment. And it's oh it's man, like, it's already Sunday. I got work tomorrow. I'm yeah. so glad that I last year quit the nine to five gig and I'm like, I don't know what day it is sometimes. And I'm cool with it and I <laughs> mm-hmm. love it. 
I still work every day. Like every day I'm cutting wood in the garage every day, every day that I say, I'm going to have off and I'm not going to do anything. An order comes through and I got to go cut it. But guess what? I'm going to go cut it, get it done and keep going on with my day because I'm enjoying every stinking second of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the way you were putting it with the beginning and the end. And then the stuff in the middle, people who, People are trying to shrink that stuff in the middle down as little as possible. And if the way Lanny's putting it, you know, that's where life is. Yeah. Those things are just you trying to avoid life. You spend your yep. whole life trying to avoid life. Life. And 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 also with that first part, particularly if if people party it up, you party it up super hard for, you know, till you're say you say you finish high school and then you start partying and you party until you're you're 30. And then, you know, you got to go live life for a few years and then you finally get to retire. Well, whatever, uh, that partying time, very few people, very few, very, very few people finish partying and say that was a good time. Like, like, I, I mean, like, I don't know. That's not to say as, as, as someone who's like, I got, I've I've got alcohol and I, I have times where I think, man, that was freaking amazing. That was an amazing time in my life that, you know, that three-day festival I went to, that was the most fun I, you know, I had, you know, I have, I have moments like that, but in, in general, I look at all those years that I spent just being wasted and a, I don't remember a lot of them and B the ones that I do remember, most of them were when I was sober and hungover and having a very hard time. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't look back on that era of my life with any kind of like, like, man, those were good times. Like that was, that was a good decade. Woo. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's, that's, that's the dark period of my life that I, I, you know, I've, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about not because like, uh, cause I'm trying to forget it or anything like that, but because it's a, it was a waste of time then. And it's a waste of time now. Uh, and if, if I had instead been, um, you know, to, to use like our cultural language, if I'd been forced into having a family when I was young and just had to, had to do all that stuff. So I would have had to give up all the good stuff of drinking. You know, I think I would be looking back on some of the fondest memories of my life during that same decade, because I would have been, you know, spending time with my kids and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. I would, it's not necessary that that would be the case, but there's an option of that. I don't think there was an option of that while I was getting wasted. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree with what you're saying that there's nothing to look back upon and be like, man, that was that they were the years, man. They were the golden years. I feel like I'm at the beginning of the best decade of my life. Like the very beginning, like maybe the first two years. Every day it's just better and better. And yeah, there, there was this point, there was this point in my (laughs) awakening where I was expecting something big to happen and change in the world and be able to point to it and be like, that was the moment. And then, you know, I mean, there are certain days that, that something large does happen in the world, you know, like when the whole world was shut down for COVID, you know, there's different, yeah, the Russia, Ukraine uh, stuff kicked off all different types of stuff. There's always, there are big events scattered throughout. 
but it's really like they keep you hooked on what what's going to be next what's going to be that next moment rather than living your life as if nothing's going to change and if you just live your if you change your day-to-day life and you live like okay there's because a lot of people uh they'll say like how should i prepare and it's like well start changing your life now and just start doing all the things that you want to do and then keep yourself occupied and focused right. with that. I have a it's lot of literally people literally day to day. I I have a lot of people email me or they'll message me and they'll say like okay, like I understand that where we are, you know, I talk about Jesus a lot. So I have a lot of people Christians will message me and say like what am I supposed to do until he returns? Or, you know, what, what's, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do on a day-to-day basis. Like, how do I live my life with all this information? Like, I just want to tell everybody like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm telling people now, like, yeah, go be a coach of youth sports, go join your public school, uh, governance team, the school board, go to your local town hall meeting, town hall. Yeah. And become yeah. a board member. Like, be a pillar in your community and have an effect on people in a positive manner because we that's really all we can do. We have all these people who are having negative influences. Well, we have to be the positive influence. We have to be pillars in our community and that can occupy your day-to-day stuff. And if something big does happen, well, then you've already you know, we started the food forest. We've already been healing ourselves and are able to be around each other. Uh, if we, we have to be locked in our community, and, yeah. you know, so we, we know have, our neighbors, we actually know them. Yeah. So if know? we have to, you know, do things differently, we'll, we'll do it. But if that day doesn't come, then we're cool because we're living moment to moment already. And we're building and we're doing the things that we want to do. So it's not really of of waiting of what's going to happen or when is it going to happen. It's like, okay, I'm just occupied with this. And if things change, then we'll deal with that. But for now, we'll just keep on doing what we're doing. And we're so occupied uh, because we have so many different things going on. That like, okay, we just see that change is probably coming at some point, but we just have to let it happen. You know, it's a long process to let these fruits come off of these trees. Uh, the, the present is a gift. There oh, you yeah. go. Yeah. The present's a gift. What, what do you do while you're waiting? Be a good person and influence other people to be good people. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a and, total ripple effect. Yeah. And, you, and when I say inspire other people, I don't mean go out and tell people to be a good person, <laughs> just go be a good person with other people uh, there. It's infectious. It'll, it'll rub off. They will appreciate you and you mm-hmm. in turn, they, they will, they will, they will be better people. people I believe need that to, to witness uh, the goodness and others. Like, you know, if he's good to me, I'm a witness to that. And I can be that to somebody else because I've experienced that myself. So now I can be that to somebody else. Yeah. Paul in the Bible, that's what uh, he talks about. Uh, being a Christian is all about is live your life. So your neighbors see you 
and they want to ask, how do you do Be that? Like you. Yeah. Can I do what you do? And it's like, yeah, come on. I'll show you how I live my life. And then you just live your life. And that's really what it all is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so true. I, uh, I helped uh, an, I, an older guy uh, just yesterday. I was in my car and he was parallel. I was parked. And he was parallel parking in front of me and he was having a really hard time. I didn't even know it was an older guy. Uh, and unfortunately at the end, he's, he's wearing a mask. So whatever, but, but he was having <laughs> a hard time. <laughs> he was, he was doing the, you know, pull forward and back and forward and back, but I could see he had, you know, he had like three feet or something like that. And I just rolled down my window and I, you know, gave him the the gesture, come on back and then held a fist and, and he stopped. Why are those and, doors up? And, and then he, he got out and he put on his mask and he, you know, in a, in an elderly fashion kind of stumbled over to my car. And, um, and he was just, he just said, thank you. I don't remember the last time someone helped me with anything. And, uh, I say, Hey, yeah, no problem, man. Have a good day. And then he, you know, walked on down the street, but, uh, you know, that that guy, it, it, it blew his mind in a, in a sense that someone just, you know, helped him with the, with being able to see, I mean, like I, I couldn't imagine day. not doing that for someone. I would have more thought that it was probably a young girl or something like that in the car, you know, who's like, I almost not, joked. Did you assume it was a woman? <laughs> uh, maybe I did, but, uh, you know, I, you know, it's not cause I'm sexist. It's just, <laughs> just what happened to pass through my head. Um, but you know, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do a good deed or anything like that. I just, I just saw someone needed they, they, they could, they didn't even need, they could use a little assistance. They, they clearly weren't seeing things as they, as, as well as they could. And um, yeah, it, that, that guy did not expect that. And, and, and you reflected upon that. It could, it's profound. It's like, well, like my little gesture, like it was nothing to me, but to him, it was like, nobody's helped me with anything. And so now you're reflecting you're like, well, those little things that I do, they really do affect people when, you know, it was one thing that I really do is I put carts back whenever I'm at the uh, supermarket. Mm-hmm. I see loose carts. I'll grab one for myself. But if I have uh, the opportunity to or if, like I'm in the vicinity of grabbing carts, I'll just grab a bunch of carts together and I'll push them back. And like to me, that's nothing. But when I walk into the Dollar General and I do and the guy hears me pushing back in, he he's like, oh, thank you. And he, he sees me and, he, you know, he's very happy that he didn't have to go do it because customers, you know, they're not supposed to be taking them out, but they do. And, uh, they just leave them there. And it's like little things yeah, like just... that. It's like, whatever I can do it. I'm capable. I always park far in the parking lots too. I leave because I'm capable. I'm able to walk far. If I have to pick up trash, I have gloves in my pocket. I can pick up the trash. And if I see carts, I push them. You know, little things like that because I'm trying to leave my community a little bit better without spending my whole life, you know, doing these things. Uh, just do what I can where I can. And if everyone started living that way, well, then we would have a whole different society. So just yeah. be the example. And that, that's really how I've been uh, living my life. And our kids see that, you know, our kids. Yeah. See that. Yeah. It's like what Chad always says when our kids ask him to do anything is happy to help. Yeah. It's like my, my, oh, my phrase that. is just, just, yeah. Happy to help. I, I say it at my work all the time too. You know, people 
almost, oh, can you please do this? You know, it's like, I don't even want to ask you because it's a, it's a, it's a crappy task or whatever. And I just always respond. Oh yeah. Happy to help. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm capable of doing, you know, just about anything. If anything's outside of my capabilities, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, but um, in, in general, I, there's, I don't allow myself to have that lazy, uh, oh, you know, if I have to, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, and, but I think even bigger than that, I mean, it's one thing with my, with my, I mean, it's great with my family and my sons and seeing that and influencing them like that. But uh, the little things out in public to be, uh, what was the phrase you're using? Like a pillar of strength in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, you, you just, just do, when you see it unfold in front of you, that there's something that you can help someone with that's, uh, that's within reason, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying bend over backwards for, for strangers necessarily, but there are things that we can do to help each other all the time. And it is, it is no skin off of your back. It is just, it's just you interacting with the people around you. It's not a big deal, but it is a big deal now because we live in this culture where we don't talk to each other. We don't know each other. That old man that I, that I, that I directed in traffic, the only reason that 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 was strange was because, I mean, how many people like communicate with other drivers period anymore? Like, whereas, I mean, that, that does happen out here, you know, we're out in the, in a rural area and, you know, there's lots of two people pull up and you, you choose who's, who's going to go first through some kind of communication or something like that. But this wasn't out here. This was in the city. And uh, that doesn't happen in the city, even just getting eye contact from one driver to another uh, that's not going to happen just in yeah. general where right. I'm in my lane, you're in your lane. Uh, you know, if, if you're not in a vehicle and you're walking and someone stumbles and falls on the ground, I don't think most people would even help that person up anymore. I mean, maybe I'm going people too would far pretend with that. They were looking at their phone so that they didn't have to engage or they literally are looking at their phone yeah. and, and, and they're annoyed that they have to take a slight step out of the way to get around <laughs> a person who's on the ground. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, throw COVID in there too. I ain't touching that guy. He's, you know, that's, I'm supposed to stay six feet away. He might be Russian. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Now, now who knows? I'll be, I'll go to jail for being a Russian asset. If I help that guy up, if he turns out to be Russian, you know, I, I don't know. Like we're, it's, it's so far from most people's minds just to have some kindness to the people around them that when you do see that opportunity, which if, if you're looking for it, you will see it everywhere. Uh, be kind to the people around you and it will have a ripple effect. Like no, like nothing else. Yeah. Amen, Amen to that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is so true that this world it's, uh, it's crazy. It's chaotic and we can't have a great effect on it until it builds. And it's right, until we all a lot part. of ripple effects and, it's over, and you know, in our relationship, there's things that I brought in. There's things that she brought into this uh, our own baggage that we released on each other. But be, through a sustained, loving kindness, peaceful, w- at least one of us, you know, if I'm letting my stuff out, yeah, she would hold hers, and if she was letting hers out, I would hold mine. You know, if, as long as there's that buffer zone in the middle of 
how we want to be and we know that there's something happening that's causing this frustration or whatever it is to come out in the moment uh as long as we let that person let it out and then space right we hold that space for them and let them let it out and then we realize the error of our way and then we go repent we say we're sorry and then we don't do it again and it Mm -hmm. takes that patience practice yeah it's a lot of practice (laughs) and it's a lot of patience and uh, earlier i said to her we were talking about patience in in some way and i was like yeah it's kind of growing around here you know we're starting to become more patient and more kind and more forgiving and compassionate those four characteristics are not easy to come by Uh, i mean it's rare to see people possessing those types of characteristics these days so if everyone has the opportunity to grow within them. You just have to practice it when you're given the chance. So that's something that I'm really trying to work on. And it's, that's what it is. It's of repeatedly showing those things. It's having that ripple effect because every time I was kind to her, when she was unkind to me, every time she was kind to me, when I was unkind to her, it had ripple effects on Mm -hmm. each of us. And now our relationship is so strong And uh, I mean, there's, you can't fit a piece of paper in between our building blocks. You know, we're compacted too tightly together. Uh, Beautifully stated. That's, uh, I think that's uh, the key to building any relationship. You know, I mean, that's, that's us in a nutshell as well. I mean, it expands into all kinds of things. Um, If, if one of us is having a hard time with fill in the blank, whatever it may be, the other one senses that and picks up the slack there. Yeah. You know, uh, if it, it does, it doesn't matter what it is. If, if it's um, even if it's uh, not even a hard time, like if one of us is sleepy and tired and needs a nap, the other one senses that and becomes more awake to be able to, to do what needs to be done. Yeah. So that, cause, cause we're, we're looking out for each other and we're, uh, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of the time I, I refer to it as yang yang kind of stuff, you know, or something like that. Like it's um, if one of us is in a, in a bad space, whether it be a mental space or a physical space or, or whatever it is, the other one of us respond by becoming the opposite of that to help pick up the slack and make things happen. I know. I think I said the other day, I was like, isn't it crazy how we're never in a bad mood on the same day? Yeah. (laughs) It's not an accident. Yeah. Instead of like feeding off of each other's anger, it's Mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm going to hold this space while you finish having your tantrum. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, that's a good way to put it because, and I think that's a problem. I mean, I I bet that that's uh, a root behind a lot of divorce that we deal with is that they, instead of, uh, instead of switching Mm -hmm. roles, you feed on the roles. Mm -hmm. Uh, One person stubs their toe and it makes them mad. So they shout and that makes the other person shout. And all of a sudden there's a bunch of shouting going on and it's all over a stubbed toe. Mm -hmm. When in reality, if you stub your toe and shout the other person, like even if it's jarring and maybe makes them want to shout back, if that, if instead they respond by giving compassion and saying, are you okay? All of a sudden that's de-escalated and um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a little, little foot rub or something like that. And we're, we're on our way and it's no big deal, but um, whenever those energies are feeded upon, you know, like, I mean, there's times where you need to match energy too. You know, it's not, I mean, obviously when the energy is positive, 
that should be that should be matched when when possible but inevitably there's negative energies coming out of people at different times and if that can be sensed and instead of matched instead um uh what's what's a word i want to use Count, counteracted mm-hmm. by by giving the opposite energy that that's going to change everything and that's where you get those building blocks that you guys are talking about for a genuinely strong beautiful relationship yeah yeah i think there was a time in my life where i like almost expected people to feed off of my you know my reaction to stubbing my toe or something or just just to feed off of the negativity negativity and keep like keep me aggravated, you know, keep me in this state I'm in because I want you to know. But when he like reacts differently and the opposite, the first time he did that, I was just like, I don't even know what to do. (laughs) I'm in shock. I don't know what to do here. Like, am I supposed to keep yelling? Am I supposed to be quiet? Like, I don't even know. For a while, she would just be like, (laughs) he's stunned. Yeah. She would just like walk around and I could feel her energy. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And it's just like, she would have to leave me alone because she's like, I can't handle you right now. I don't, I don't even know what's going I on. And back and you're I'm supposed like, to fight with me. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. You're supposed to fight before. back. Sure. What is wrong with you're you? You're supposed to. I mean, that's what everything's been like before this, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. You're supposed well, like, to like, curse he... and call me names. Yeah. yeah Cause like you, Lanny's had some, some crappy relationships in the past before me. And it there out. was an, ex- <laughs> there, it was expected when we first got together that I should be angry, just, just like you guys are, are describing, you know, mm-hmm. and everything uh, should and piss you off everything. If I was <laughs> upset about something or, or in a bad mood, then I would just expect you were going to get, be angry at me for having and try and escalate feelings. that. If anything. And then it was gonna be, you. would be a fight. If you're angry. Yes. I, oh, like, check this out. I can get really angry. <laughs> it's <laughs> never, know? it's never been like that in our relationship. No. And, and then, it's definitely gotten better. Like it's just allowed me to heal from so much of that mm-hmm. bad, you know, bad habits or whatever, or, you know, thinking so little of myself that I didn't deserve better than that. I even, I even had a good friend in our, when we were, when our relationship was just beginning and he picked up on, on that aspect of, of things. He was like, Oh, this ain't going to last. She, she needs someone who's going to, going to be an asshole to her kind of a thing. And I was like, I hated that hmm, stereotype. I don't know about that. Like, thanks for your, thanks. Yeah, for they're your always like, oh, she can handle the a hole because you know sh- she'll give it right back. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want to. No, but I don't you want know, to. but I end up doing it. Uh, pattern you behavior. Know? Yeah, it's that, like a yeah. pattern thing. Right. It's like pattern behaviors then mm-hmm. are formed in our subconscious, and then it's acting out towards us because we've it's been programmed into there by others and ourselves consistently acting and reacting in ways. So then it's just coming at us in multitudes of ways. And when you, so when one of us, you know, like Chad, actually you were saying you had to do when one of us takes the horns, takes the bull by the horns and says, no, you're not going to control me anymore. My subconscious is coming out at me from Mimi reacting to me and she's reacting based upon pattern behaviors that she was used to. So it's one of you have to, in that moment, have to be the one to stop it. And Mm -hmm. then the other one can let go of it because now they see it's a different reaction. There's a different result because there's a different reaction. And Mm -hmm. I always take it back to Einstein 
is uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Mm -hmm. Well, if once you change what you're doing, you're going to get different results. And when someone sees that in real time, when they experience this experimental type of attitude, well, then they are then open to change and you have to become fluid in an ever-changing world. The only constant is change. Mm -hmm. So when you are, when you stop being rigid and you let go of all these old patterns and you're not being programmed, well, then your subconscious clears out. You don't have this anxiety, these daemons running in your background that are haunting you at these programs that are just running and, and you don't know it. You get rid of all that. Your mind is clear. You're able to think. And then when someone approaches you and, uh, or yells because they stubbed their toe, you have a clear mind and you're not focused on something negative and now you're like oh what, what happened can i help you do you need a band-aid do you need some ice you know you're being you're productive like, Who are you because you can think in the conscious because your subconscious is not running your life which is what the rulers of this realm want to do is mm -hmm. they program us through pattern behaviors and they get us to program each other through pattern behaviors mm -hmm. and and when you can undo that then you're good to go Life gets so much easier yeah, when you undo all that, you know, when you're allowed to have emotions and the other person doesn't have to mirror your emotions for you to have that emotion. You know, it's, yeah, it's so much nicer. Yeah, so much it easier. Is for sure. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I wanted to comment to change the subject. If that's okay. Your <laughs> episode, you had a, I believe she was like a dietitian. I think her name was Katie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, Kate's that awesome. was such a good episode. She is awesome. Yeah, yeah I was she's so a excited. Patreon member too. She's oh. the best. So oh I yeah, we're Katie. we're Instagram friends, and yeah. you know, trade kid night. pictures on Instagram and food uh, advice and keto stuff. I love yeah. Kate. Yeah, she had a great story of her, you know, dietary way of finding what was right for her, but also her knowledge. Like every time I was talking to you guys <laughs> through the computer, because I kept being like, Oh, but you know what that, you know, why the sugar thing was this way. And then she would go into the history, like right at the right times. I was like, yes, mm -hmm. she knows all of this stuff. Like she does when you know look, her look stuff. At Kellogg's and, and like, she was talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the scientists. Oh, now I'm spacing the names. See, I, I was like, I want, I want her, I want someone like her that knows that history to go on Deborah gets red pilled and talk to Deborah. Talk to Deborah. Oh, I can link yes. you guys up with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hook definitely. me up. Yeah, that sounds cool. I should listen. I think I missed it's that It's a really episode. great episode. Oh, she would love that. She's sweet. She, she would love to really do that. really good. Yeah. 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 Katie's awesome. Shout out to you, Katie. She actually, yeah, yeah she's done. We talk all the time. Like there's a group text <laughs> between the three of us. <laughs> she talks to just me. She talks to just me. Uh, I mean, she's just great. So she has so many stories, like her connection with John D, her, like yeah. her, her three and her father, grandfather and great grandfather are all named John D. And one of them went to Boys Town, uh, where, you know, where the famous Franklin scandal was from. And then he went to Catholic University. So many weird things. Orphan trains are involved as well with her yeah, family. Really good She's stories. Good stuff. But then also like all the dietary history stuff. She was like, she got yeah. it. it was, oh, yeah. it was oh, really sounds awesome. awesome. You get deep episode. into like the keto, low carb, we'll send recipes back and forth. Like, oh, you got to try this. Oh, you got to try this. Yeah. 
yeah yeah you guys will yeah so chadax just let me know i'll link you guys up if you want to bring her on yeah for sure well Well, i think why don't you uh plug away at your uh at your podcast all right well so audio you can find the audio version on any audio platform at godcast the goodness over darkness podcast uh, there's a few different podcasts that if you just type in Godcast will come up. But if you type in Goodness Over Darkness, I think mine's the only one that'll uh, come up. And also on YouTube, Goodness Over Darkness. I do a lot of different stuff on YouTube, like Christ Millennial Kingdom. We covered like maybe a brief snippet of it on uh, Deborah Gets Red Pill the other day. And I'm going to come back to cover some more. But I have an eight-part series on that. I have different. I have a three-part series on the Book of Enoch, a two-part series on the biblical apocalypse already having happened, uh, several different things like that, uh, different playlists and my podcast, of course. And uh, emmanuelkingman.com is my website. And there you can get all my social media links. You can find me on IG, it's emmanuel.kingman. And, you know, I'm not going to give everything else, but you guys can really just go to my website. It's all there, all the different links that you'll need to. And hit me up if you ever have any questions or comments about the show. And awesome. Mimi, the website is the central source. Yeah. Yep. Manualkingman.com. Yeah. And Mimi, give your stuff because Mimi does, uh, she does stuff. Got, yeah, I do. So I do uh, Georgia Girl Art paint parties. We uh, teach people how to paint. We do like canvas parties, kind of like a, a wine and canvas type thing, but we were doing it way before them. <laughs> uh, and uh and we teach people how to uh paint door hangers and ornaments and all kinds of things and we take orders and uh that would be uh on facebook it would be georgia girl art paint parties and uh, we do have a website but i'm not even going to direct you there because i haven't updated that in years facebook is just <laughs> the easiest quickest way to go yeah. we are on tiktok and instagram and they ship nationally anywhere yeah, in the we country. ship internationally internationally We've actually shipped internationally so yeah check out our sure. stuff it's, it's very whimsical door hanger type stuff so cool mm-hmm. awesome. very cool yeah well, it's been an absolute blast. This has been a great conversation. I feel like it's been very productive. It's yeah. uh, it's always so good to explore these types of topics. And it's always so good to talk to couples who also, um, you know, have their heads screwed on, right? Yeah. <laughs> who, to think about things and do the work. Who, that who are actually make. thinking about their relationship uh, it, and not just, not just going through the motions. You counting me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that's- uh, that's what it's all about for sure for sure and if you guys ever want to dive deep into food preservation on your show just let me know oh yeah Yeah. we'll definitely get you on because uh softball is now slowing down and my i've got my new job so my old job where i worked random hours a crazy amount of hours sometimes that's gone so now my new schedule is going to be up and running on monday and i will definitely be starting to do more podcasting because i put that to the side for like the last two months but yeah i'll definitely have to bring you yeah. on to talk about i can all this talk food, food from like morning till bedtime i can talk food all day uh, yeah, she same, does same i don't know what she said she could cooking. she does I, I do. <laughs> as soon as i wake up i'm like what are we eating for dinner <laughs> I'm going upstairs after this and I'm shaping my sour four loaves of sourdough bread that I have proofing on the counter. So yeah, oh, <laughs> it's like, that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. It's great. 
Yeah, yeah so we'll definitely get me. you on very. Uh, <laughs> we'll be linking up sooner rather than later. I have 25 pounds of green beans on the counter. I'm like, tomorrow I have to like blanch them all and freeze them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great way to do it. We did a bunch like that and they've been really handy this winter. That's what I'm about to do. It's going to take a while. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of work. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> for sure. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on the world as it is today. Uh, thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. We loved it. <laughs> <laughs>